for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again this morning. Well, morning for me, afternoon for you. Uh, yeah. We have a very special guest from all the way across the pond. We have Danny McMahon. He's currently in England. Where about in England are you right now? I, I'm, I'm in uh, well, the, the, the city that I grew up in, a place called Bristol, which is on like the west side of, uh, of England. Okay, awesome, awesome. And how are things yeah. going over there for you? Yeah, man, it's okay. It's as it's as, uh, as as good as it can be right now, you know. Sort of uh, having to stay home and do do all the music stuff from home, sort of relearn different ways to uh, to, to work as a musician, I guess. It's, uh, but it's it, you know, it allows you to be creative. It allows you to focus on other different things that you otherwise wouldn't have thought about so much. I've done a lot of songwriting, a lot of collaborations with a lot of other people. Um, set up a new merch store, had logo designs done, all that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, the stuff that sometimes when you're making the music, kind of can get a little bit forgotten. So uh, yeah, just focused on all that stuff, which is cool. It sort of allowed you to sort of uh, reanalyze where you're at. So nice. you, using it, making it, making it positive out of the negative, I guess. Awesome. Are you doing anything to kind of challenge yourself musically or better yourself? Are you experimenting with a new sound, drawing new influences? hundred percent. Like, I mean, definitely from draw, drawing new influences is a really good one because obviously when you've got sort of more time in your hands and you're sort of less hectic, it kind of gives you more time to listen to more music. Mm-hmm. essentially um so sort of uh, done a lot of i'm really big into like um sort of like musicology as well in the way that sort of like you know music and sociology kind of work together and the relationship between certain artists sort of done a lot of reading into all that kind of stuff as well so as i say certain things you just wouldn't ever so much uh, have the time to to think about uh, the so kind of like work, worked into that a little bit as i say sort of understanding how music and culture sort of work together is always really important yeah absolutely um, but let's kind of start from the beginning. Um, what got you started in music? Uh, so I guess there's there's two kind of stages that I kind of look to. I first started playing music when I was 11, started playing the piano. Um, but then sort of as far as my songwriting was concerned, I was 14. Um, and in the UK, we have this thing at school called uh, an enrichment week, and what happened was I'd been um, I'd been away, I'd been sick, and I hadn't got to pick what I wanted to do for my enrichment week. I wasn't really doing like songwriting or music like seriously at that point. I was very mm-hmm. much into my sports, played a lot of soccer, um, and basically what happened was uh, I got thrown into the music class because there was no other slots anywhere else. And the uh, the challenge for the week was to uh, go into a music studio and uh, write and record a song. And so you basically had the, you basically just had to write the melody and the lyrics over the top. Um, and I finished it in an hour. And the music teacher kind of came up to me and was like, Danny, I really think you should kind of like push this a little bit further because you've done it very quickly and very naturally. And that was kind of like where I discovered my sort of like love for, for songwriting at that moment then really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, and then I was in sort of, I got signed to a major label development deal when I was like 16 in a rock band. Um, and then once I'd done that, sort of moved into uh, into commercial writing, worked at Paramount as a commercial writer for a bit, uh, writing for other people, and then sort of slowly but surely moved into country music. Oh, nice, nice. 
And who would uh, who would you say some of your uh, musical influences are? I mean, my my taste is sort of quite vast. I, I listen to a lot of country, a lot of pop. I mean, the, th- the, the thing that mainly got me into country sort of over here because we don't have access to it on the radio. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't something that I got hold of until I it was, it was a little bit older, sort of when I was at sort of like university. Um, and Brad Paisley was the first person that I listened to because I was a guitarist. And uh, my friend sent me his stuff. Um, and he was like, check this guy out. He's a really good guitar player. And I kind of, I was listening to that. And then I got hold of um, Letter to Me by him and I was just like I love the songwriting in this it's very real it's very authentic it's kind of everything that I was missing whilst I was writing pop music which had mm-hmm. become sort of very sort of regurgitated for me at the time yeah um, if, you know I was writing to brief or writing anything that was particularly real and this kind of sort of you know set a set a new fire inside me I guess when I listened to when I listened to this for the first time um so I guess Brad Paisley is, is a massive one for me. In terms of, I'm massive into my production. I produce a lot. So I really like guys like Keith Urban and Sam Hunt, guys who kind of like push the boundaries of it a little bit more. Um, and then sort of guys who are out, outside country music, I listen to a lot of like 80s synth pop stuff. So I'm really big into bands sort of like people like Japan and Scritty Politti and sort of a bit, a bit weirder 80s synth pop bands, really. So I, I like to kind of bring that influence into what I do as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and is... So is there a big country scene out in the UK? Like, I mean, I know there's like, a, I've seen a couple of Facebook pages, like, yeah, to it, but how big is the country scene out there? So it's like the live scene is growing really quickly, really, really quickly. So as a country artist, I played 125 shows and sort of like last year and about 100 of them in the UK. So there, there is there is a market for the live scene, definitely, mm-hmm. which is which is great. It's really growing. Did they start to do a lot of like the uh, the Nashville style uh, writers rounds and all that kind of thing? Yeah, uh, that's that's really really starting to pick up, and people are starting to understand that, which is great. And there is like a core, I'd say there's like a core fan base of country music fans in the UK. We kind of follow everything around of about six to seven thousand people. I would say mm-hmm. we have our big festivals as well that are slightly bigger. So we have the obviously country to country where you have like you know twenty odd thousand people all turn up to listen to country music, which is great. So the live scene is definitely great. The thing that we're behind on at the moment um, is radio mm-hmm. massively because um, obviously like the major labels haven't backed it so much to the point where it's become like incredibly commercialized yet. Yeah. Um, so we have like. Um, you know, we ha- we have like one show on BBC Radio Two with a guy called Bob Harris every week, um, and then we have sort of a few slightly bigger stations that have got kind of about thirty thousand people listening to shows at any one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about as big as it's getting at the radio at the moment. So I think that's the next stage for UK country music is for the sort of like it to sort of become accepted on you know the bigger commercial radio stations. I think yeah. that that's when it will sort. Of, but it has in the time I've done it. You know, I've been doing it what two and a half years now, and it, it has grown massively. Awesome, what it and, was, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's weird because it's like it, you'd mentioned that, like, commercially on the radio, that it hasn't like really taken off yet. Yeah, but radio is also kind of commercially like. To a lot of the older musicians, radio play is still like a benchmark in your music career. But if you talk to a lot yeah. of younger musicians, it's like, oh, 
yeah, like radio play isn't that big of a deal anymore. So it, it's kind of that weird catch-22. Like, it still, like, has some commercial value to it, but yeah, I, it, it's starting to slowly come down a little bit, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. And, and sort of, like, in terms of the streaming world and stuff, obviously that's a big thing, isn't it, for the, yeah. for the newer artists is making sure you're getting those streaming numbers and those Spotify numbers. And I guess, as you say, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a cycle, to be honest, because yeah. obviously, you know, you know, for, for for me, I don't sit there and go, I really, really want to be on radio. Yeah. But obviously, radio has an audience that comes with it. Yeah, very true. Very true. Do you know what I mean? So that's kind of like, I guess that that's the bit that's sort of like missing at the moment, wherever that, it might not come from radio, it might come from somewhere else. But in order to grow that audience, I thought, you know, in order for us to do it, you know, at the level that is done, you know, as I say, in, in the States, it is definitely, there's definitely something missing there at the moment, but we'll get there. I think we'll get there. I think give it five years and it will uh, start to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And so you've got some new music coming out and I'm, I was looking at your schedule and it looked like you were supposed to be out doing shows throughout this entire pandemic. How's, yeah. uh, how's this, uh, have, well, first of all, has the pandemic affected the release of your new music or are you still kind of keeping along as if pandemic's not really? So in terms of releasing new music, this is kind of like a debate that I've seen a lot online with like musicians in terms of is it a good time to release new music? I mean, I personally have gone with... I, I used my sort of my Facebook and Instagram lives as a way of sort of trying to gauge whether people were interested and if people wanted new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my fans were as engaged as ever Yeah. during this period of time, because obviously, you know, they go, they're going to be going to social media because they've got more time. Yeah. Um, and as a result, you know, my logic is where am I going to be promoting new music? Well, it's going to be predominantly on social media. So if people are out there looking for new content, looking for something exciting to do, then surely that's a really good time to start pro- keep promoting music. So to answer your question, I've, I've just cracked on. I've just kind of had it as, you know, that's the day I was going to bring it out anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and just done it a different way, just promoting it all through, all through social media, essentially, right. uh, rather than, you know, doing promotion through touring. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of a diff- different way of looking at it, using the tools that you, you're allowed to have, I guess. Yeah. Have you, uh, are, are you planning on doing like a virtual show on the day of the release or anything like that? Or, um, yeah, I think that's what, I think that's the idea at the moment. We've got, um, we've got a few, um, lives lined up. They're all on my Instagram and my Facebook. You can go and check them out on there. They're all like events for, for them. So we've got a lot leading up to it sort of, you know, to replace the shows that we aren't doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I am going to be, I mean, I've been playing the song on my lives anyway and sort of gets a way to sort of getting people to go and pre-order the song and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, people have heard it. And so I just, yeah, really hoping that it's gonna, it's gonna click with people. Nice. Awesome. And, um, so as far, let, let's talk about the, uh, song that you have coming out what's it called what day is it supposed to be released you know like the what yeah. are the uh, particulars so um it's called my kind of city uh, i wrote it in nashville with uh, my buddy tyler bank who's a commercial writer there as well um and we basically just met after we did a show at uh, bellcourt taps in nashville and they have a like big writers round on a sunday afternoon and um, i did one one round and he played the one directly after me and I just listened, listened to his stuff and was like instantly a fan of what he was doing mm-hmm. I just went up to him at the end of the show and was like do you want to write a song together sometime and he's like oh my schedule's quite busy I'm not sure I can fit it in before you go home but he phoned me up and said he had a cancellation so I, I went over we uh, we 
did the rock and roll thing and drank loads of coconut water and wrote, wrote a, a really cool song. Nice. Um, so yeah, so it was sort of something that was quite relevant to both of us. And I said to him, I've obviously got my studio back home. I was like, look, I'll cut a version and see what you think. Um, and we, uh, yeah, I put down the demo. He really liked it. So uh, sort of led us to this point where we're uh, going to be releasing it on the uh, 15th of May. And pre-order is this Friday. Okay. On the, on the iTunes store. So, uh, yeah, finger, fingers crossed. That's obviously one thing that we've got in the UK that we, that we can do. If, we've, uh, if you've got a big enough fan base, you can actually get into the iTunes charts and, yeah. you know, really do something useful in the, in, in the iTunes country charts. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed we can, uh, we can do that. But that's the, uh, that's the idea. Is so, Yeah, My Kind of City out on the 15th of May, 1st of May is the pre-order. Awesome. And what was the – you said you went to Nashville. You were in Nashville when you wrote the song. Yeah. Um, what what was kind of the process when you or when you two were sitting down to write the song who kind of took the lead you know what was that kind of what was the creative process behind the song i mean for me we 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 sat down and tyler said he had tyler had this one line um and it was like because we can confirm very similar places sort of in terms of influences. So we, that's the first thing we did was speak about who we're influenced by. Um, and it was sort of like that Dan and Shay, Sam Hunt kind of thing. It was kind of like, okay, let's go for something along those kind of vibes. And he was like, I've had this lyric for that kind of song that I've wanted to use for ages, but I've never used it. And it was, um, you're Paris pretty. And I was like, that's cool because we were speaking about the fact we were from different places i was from europe he's from you know america and everything else in between mm-hmm. um and that's kind of where the idea for the for the chorus comes around is basically is comparing this the, the, this person that you know that you're in love with with all the different places that you've been to in the world or in fact you've been to all these different places and you've traveled a lot as a musician but you're you always come back to that one, one special person and that doesn't change regardless of where you are mm-hmm. um that's kind of the idea so he he was like let, let's just roll with that as like an idea and then we basically just ended up putting all these different you know all these different city names in in, th- in throughout the chorus um and that's kind of where the idea where the idea came from I, I kind of wanted something that was quite upbeat and quite driving um the thing i liked about it by the time we were finished is you could tell i'd written it with someone who was in nashville that's what I quite liked about it in terms of the feel yeah. of the song um, and where it was lyrically. Um, it, gave, it just gave it a different feel than the stuff I write by myself, which was really cool. So, yeah, it's, my, it's the first thing I've put out with, with, with an American writer so far. So, fingers crossed. Was it that the uh, first time you had ever been to Nashville or do you go to Nashville quite regularly? No, I go relatively, I mean, relatively regularly. Or when I go, I stay for, for a, rel- you know, a long period of time. I've been there. I'd spent a month there the year before, and I spent a month there that particular period of time as well. Okay. So I just literally, do, doing different things. The first time I went over, I spent a lot of time in studios, sort of figuring out how sort of um, music is mixed in Nashville, learning from producers. Mm-hmm. Um, spent a lot of time in the studio with a guy called Billy Smiley, who's um, really good friends with Dan Huff, who obviously produces everyone. You know, your Keith Urban's all the way through to you know, Kane Brown and people like that. So it was le- learning very much how commercial music is mixed in Nashville and being able to bring that back home. Did a lot mm. of the production work that I do with my artists here. Um, and then this time when I went over, it was very much about playing shows and writing. So I think we played about six or seven shows um, in Nashville and then across sort of like Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri as well. Mm. Um, and then spending a lot, a lot of time focusing on the writing and meeting new people to write with. I wrote with a really uh, cool girl called Angie Kay as well. I think we're going to be bringing that out later in the year too. So just guys who are sort of like established in the, in the Nashville scene and kind of know how it works in terms of in terms of the writing and the sound and just sort of embracing that and see if it can bring anything different to what I do. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And um, what, what's one thing that you learned while in Nashville, while you were kind of studying everything and what, mm-hmm. what's one thing that you picked up? I mean, for me, it's the one thing that struck me first and foremost is the pace at which everything happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so, so fast, like having to go in and basically, you know, and obviously there's like di- different um different ways of working in terms of like the national number system and all that kind of thing. And everything's so fast, like yeah. at home, you know, I mean, you'll, you'll do sort of like a demo in uh, in a couple of days. Uh, when I, when I went to Nashville the very first time, I think we had a demo done by lunchtime with all the different players, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just like, it was so, so quick. Um, and then the, the other thing is just the way that it works as well. It's, it's sort of, it's, the UK is quite, in general anyway, is kind of at times quite standoffish between artists. There's not always a lot of lot of interaction. Whereas I got this vibe in Nashville very, very quickly that everyone is just out to help everyone else. And you just mm-hmm. kind of, it's okay to just go and chat to a complete random stranger and be like, do you want to write a song? Yeah. That doesn't happen so much over here. So it was just learn, learning, again, learning that sort of like culture and the way that music works within that. Mm-hmm. In Nashville, I think is very, very important. So that's the kind of thing that struck me more than anything. Awesome. And so with this single, you're planning on releasing a couple of more singles throughout the year, correct? Yeah, that's right. Are you working towards like an EP or an LP or is it the plan just singles for now? I think for, for this year, we're just looking at those singles. I think the plan is definitely to do either another LP or an album next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think that's, de- that's definitely the plan. We've definitely got the songs for it and just kind of waiting on a few sort of things to uh to see where they pan out in terms of where you know um collaborations with other artists and you know where, where publishing is going to take certain songs before mm-hmm. we kind of know where uh next year is uh, is definitely going to going to sit in terms of releases for me as an artist so obviously i write a lot as well so you kind of got to work out which songs are best for me which are best for other people and all that kind of stuff as well mm-hmm. so but it's definitely we've got two songs that we're really happy with um that are going to be releasing between now and the end of the year Awesome. Awesome. And how do, how have you kind of been able to decide what songs are the ones that are going to be released? Yeah, that's always, a, that's always a tough one, man, because you kind of sit there and it's, I guess, you know, when you, when you go to Nashville and you sit down and write sessions, you can kind of have a bulk of songs that, you know, it's sort of like six, one, half a dozen of the other have mm-hmm. got reasons why you should release them. Um, but it's sort of like, you know deciding between you know which ones you like the best which ones you which ones are going to relate to people the best yeah. uh, which ones are going to be most commercially viable for radio all that kind of, all those kind of processes so it's kind of just a case of yeah of, of working sitting i often sit down with um with with my management with my producer with you know legal guys with friends who all that kind of stuff and sort of just you know determining okay which is the best best one to go out at that particular time you know mm. i i've worked out that i'm a, actually a really really bad judge when it comes to that kind of stuff like my song that's had you know the most plays on spotify was uh, a song that i was never even supposed to not ever supposed to sing or release yeah. you know it was literally it, the actual final version was actually a demo yeah. um, and it won it won it won uk song of the year so like you know i mean you, can, you never you never so quite it, know it's kind of like that john bon jovi story where he didn't think living on a prayer was worth anything and then it became yeah. like his biggest hit yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You got it in, in, in one. Yeah. I, I, I never, you can never gauge how people are going to react to, to songs. You never, never, never know, honestly. Uh, st- stuff that I love sort of has always ended up being sort of like relatively lukewarm in the stuff that I kind of go, 
yeah, fingers crossed people might like it. It's the stuff that people really gravitated to. So I just kind of go with people that I trust, people who know the industry, people who know me and what I do and just go, okay, what do you think? And just sort of yeah. taking it from there. Gotcha. Um, and so you, do you do all your own recordings or do you just like record demos and then go into like a proper studio? Uh, no, I've got, so I actually have, um, so I've got a commercial studio in the UK. Okay. So, so it's all, it's all set up as like a, as a, as a, as a proper commercial studio. So I record everything there. Um, reason being the guy that I work with and the producer that I work with and the, the musicians that I work with at that studio kind of like created a sound that I'm, that I like mm. a sound that I kind of work with and that kind of understand what I do. Cause it's not sort of, um, it's not so traditional in that sense. I, I like to do a lot of like synth design and all that kind of stuff as well. Mm. Um, and sort of having the time to, uh, to to allow for that. And I've been working with Drea, who produces my music for goodness knows, like ten years, I reckon now, mm -hmm. since we were since we were like little teenagers, basically. Um, and we sort of like grown grown, grown together, really. Uh, so it's it's nice to have someone who really understands what I do. I'll always go to other places and learn and take things away. But then I'm a very big fan of sort of like having the way that we kind of have, have worked together and sort of just applying the things that we like into that melting pot which is cool because obviously we have a, a lot of other artists in the uk as well my idea is to grow sort of puzzle maker which is the studio i, I work at is to grow that into a country label in the uk mm. so it's all kind of like a very sort of like considered plan so fingers crossed that you know that my music can be part of that as well mm. nice and um one thing that we really like to do is bring advice to and uh, give advice to younger musicians and so i always like especially with somebody that has some albums under their belt and has like some experience i really like to get their input but um yeah. what's some let's start off like what's some advice you have for younger musicians that are maybe just picking up an instrument for the first time or really starting to get out and play live shows what's some advice you have for them? uh rule number one would definitely be it's uh, it's a marathon not a sprint uh, a lot of younger people, the younger artists that I work with are sort of like expect things to happen sort of straight away because they've watched too many movies, you know, mm. um, <laughs> it's like, it, it doesn't work like that in, 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 you know, especially in the current music industry, because you're kind of expected to have done a lot of, especially if you're looking to do it full time, you know, you're expected to basically do a lot of the work that a label once would have done. Mm -hmm. and they're expecting you to have done all that that's all supposed to be you know in place um in this day and age so basically just focus on your graph making sure and making sure before you do anything that what you're putting out is really really good and it's the best that it can be because mm -hmm. a lot of artists want to put stuff out really really quickly or younger mm -hmm. musicians want to put you know that they, they come up with something and they just want to put it out but you've only kind of got that first that first impression to make an impact um, so don't rush it is the other thing that I, I guess w would suggest. And the other thing is obviously when, when it gets tough, don't give up because I've seen that happen a lot of times as well. You know, a lot of really, really talented guys go, you know, it's, it's not happening quickly enough for me. And I was like, well, it, it, it's not going to, but if you have a considered plan, you know, it, there will be a structure in place for you to, to move forward and progress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then another thing I'm always curious about is, uh, young or preparing to go into the studio what's some advice you have for musicians that are maybe going into the studio for the first time um practice playing to a metronome okay. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny that, that is probably the most common answer which i never yeah. thought 
playing to a metronome or a click track was going to be the most common answer. Yeah. But, you know, it's, but it definitely, definitely being, being a producer as well, like it just sort of on the other side of it, it is it's so if someone can really sit in with a click, particularly drummers, mm-hmm. if someone could really sit in with a click and really feel how that works, because how that feels, how it, when you play in the studio, it feels really rigid. Mm-hmm. What, what actually sounds right to the human ear f- physically feels super rigid when you're playing it. And it feels like it's got no life in it at all. But then you come back and it sounds perfect. Um, so that's kind of like obviously, but then when you play live, you're a lot more lax, you're a lot more lucid. Even if you are, you're, even if your drummer is playing to a click, you kind of feel it a lot more, and you kind of push and pull from that, from that beat and that rhythm. Um, whether it's in the studio, you have to be like on really, really on top of it, um, and that's the main difference that I often end, end up having to go through our through with artists is making sure that they really sit on top of that click. Um, and since since you have like producer or since you do a lot of producing as well how has that yeah. kind of changed your your music personally yeah i think i think being a producer and sort of being able to self-produce makes you a lot more i guess self-awareness is really important i guess that's kind of what it allows you to do it's like if something really isn't good then you can deal with it but in a healthy way you know, like where there's obviously a lot of first-time artists, if they listen to a vocal take or if they're not getting it, you know, they'll kick and scream, throw a strop, walk out the room and come back in in like an hour's time once they've calmed down a little bit, you know. But that's never a good headspace to get into when you're tracking anything in the studio. Um, and I guess sort of being able to self-produce just allows you to deal with that. I guess have that sort of like internal conversation with yourself mm-hmm. and kind of be like, okay, this isn't quite right, but what can we do to solve the problem is, you know, sort of that, that f- sort of frequent thing that I end up doing quite a lot. Um, and then, yeah, I, I guess that's sort of like, you know, self-critical self-analysis and just being able to look, look at things in a little bit more detail than just as, just as a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think that's once you establish that it's difficult to begin with and once you establish that it's quite a healthy place to be in, in the studio because it allows you to put something out that's better each time yeah yeah and so we've been talking about your new music and everything that you led you up to that um, yeah what's what's one thing that you want people to take away from this new single that's releasing here in a couple of weeks the same thing as I want with with writing with any of my writing in general is just hopefully someone somewhere can relate to it. Someone can picture whether it's them in their life or whether it's someone else that they know um, and go, oh yeah, th- this is me at this particular point in my life, or you know, that's Linda down the road, uh, wh- whatever. Do you know what I mean? Something that people can st- can listen to those listen to those lyrics and listen to how it makes them feel and go, okay, this is relevant to me in my life. Even if it's okay, this makes me happy and this makes me want to, you know, drive my car into the sunset or whatever. Like it's just anything that can give you a relevant concept or relevant I- idea. Oh, I think you froze on me. No. I think I lost you. What is it me or is it you? Oh, no. Let me close this. Is it me? Is it you? I think you froze. Stop video. Um... Oh no. 
Uh, let me try something here. Is that working now? Yep, I think I got you. Hold on. Okay, awesome. Uh, hold on. I there you go. Okay. There we go. Awesome. Sorry about that. I don't. I, That's right. No worries. I hope it wasn't on. I don't know whose end that was on, but uh, no idea. No idea. Like three or four streams going at the same time, so it very well could have been on my end. No worries, man. It's all good. But so we, you were just talking about um, what you were hoping people to get out of this new song. Um, yeah. For the people that have never seen you play live, what's kind of the vibe and the feel that people get when they come to your, or you want people to get when you come to your, see you play live? Um, a good, really good question. Um, for me, it's a contrast. Um, I, I get really bored when I go and see shows and it's kind of like on the same trajectory the whole way through mm-hmm. um, I think it's really important so like for me like if a song is upbeat there's going to be loads of energy mm-hmm. if a song is heartfelt hopefully it will make you cry and make you feel really sad that's kind of like cool. so I try, I try and make sure I get you know across that sort of like wealth of emotions because that's kind of how I am as a person you know I'm, I'm very sort of like emotionally open emotionally honest um and i kind of want that to be a part very much a part of the show and how people engage with my music life um and hopefully they can see that you know in the way that it's performed in the way that it's sung when they come to a live show but that's kind of what what i aim for um and also just like being a producer as well even at a live live level like the sonics is really important to me as well Uh, so making sure everything sounds really pristine you know really good really 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 polished you know all the elements of the production are really kicking through um not that anyone would necessarily you know most people wouldn't necessarily appreciate that but hopefully that makes them feel something when they're watching the show mm. awesome yeah um and so obviously with the whole pandemic situation going on you've had to cancel a lot of your shows yeah so far. is there anything that's like far enough out that you feel like might still have a chance to happen or I mean, for me, I'm, I, I reckon there's one show that I'm really excited for. We had, we've got a really great slot at a, uh, a festival in Lithuania. Hmm. Um, we were supposed to be doing like a, a nighttime headline slot, big festival over there. And that's the end of August. So I'm still clinging on to that one mm-hmm. for dear life at the moment. So uh, I can't see there being any shows I don't know at the moment here, here and in Europe before August I wouldn't have thought but yeah. we shall see yeah. we shall see it's because I think obviously with festivals and stuff it's uh, so much prep goes into those things and making yeah. sure they got all the right artists and you know so yeah if, if anything sort of held up kind of tends to throw it but that's kind of what one if, if nothing else happens I really hope we get to still do that one yeah and you know it's one of those things where like you'd mentioned so much effort goes into setting those things up that if they can still keep it going, you know, it like, and then there's the other side. Well, what if they have a, um, orders in place where you can only like in Texas here starting tomorrow, all we have, are you're allowed to open, but only at 25% capacity. And so it's like, if you go to a festival and let's say the festival is cleared to host, 10,000 people but they can only bring in 25% of that like yeah you know yeah it, i know it, it's like one of those things where it's like 
do you re- do you really want to play to a quarter of a crowd? Like, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, so that, that's cool. Uh, how'd you get involved with that festival, or how'd you? Um, I've got a I've got a PR company in um, that's based in Milan, and they okay. take care of a lot of my European shows. So okay. if I yeah, they sort of like they I, I did a, a festival. For, I done a couple of shows out in Milan. And I did a, a festival just south of Milan as well last year, and they're sort of like they just been branching into into a few European shows basically in the moment. So yeah, sort of anything that's sort of like Italy and East um do uh do, do do through those guys so it was just a contact that they had and they they put me forward for it and uh yeah they, they came through and said they wanted to have us which is great so nice nice and uh I'm, I'm assuming you plan on coming back over to the states at some point 100 percent uh the, the plan originally was uh was to come back in july but i don't think obviously that's not going to happen now with everything that's uh that's going on but uh we've we got some good plans we've got, we've got some shows preliminary booked in um ohio okay um and then some in idaho and then we're looking at uh la as well because i've got a low family in there as well so kind of make it all kind of work but yeah that's kind of the idea at the moment and then obviously yeah fingers crossed we'll get back to nashville sometime next year i think yeah awesome and then when you tour like that are you doing are you touring with a full band or is it primarily just you by yourself um sometimes i do it with bands sometimes i do it with myself dependent on the situation so uh, earlier this year uh we went to um we played in pennsylvania and did so we did some shows in uh, in harrisburg for a music festival there in february and then we went over to New York and I got to do that with a band. That was my second time doing full band shows over there, which is great. Like I, I do love coming over to the States and playing with a band because we do tend to get like a, a particular response that I can't quite sort of muster up just by myself. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of got, uh, you know, because everything's sort of like considered musically and it's, uh, it's, it's nice to be able to portray that to, to an American audience as well. Yeah. And the American audience is very, it's interesting because I, I've seen where like some people have been able to break out and do like big shows as a solo acoustic act, but yeah. nine times out of 10, you have to have a, either, even just like a backing band, like even if they're not Agreed. a core band, you know, just cause when you go into a concert and it's somebody sitting there with an acoustic guitar, like if you go into like one of the big concert halls or a medium sized concert hall, it's like the energy is just not going to be there. A hundred percent. Like there was one show that we played in, in, in Pennsylvania and I was originally going to go and do that tour. So acoustic without a band and we rocked up to one of the venues and it was had like 500 people in this huge venue. And I was like, there's no way I could have carried this by myself. Yeah. You know, it was an, it was an amazing show and there was loads of energy in the room, but there's no way I would have been able to muster that up with just me and an acoustic guitar. It just wouldn't have happened. Gotcha. So uh, yeah, I totally get what you mean. Awesome. Awesome. But um, I don't want to keep you too much longer because it's uh, what time is it there by you? Two thirty, I believe. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Um. Yeah, I'm getting really good at the time difference. Other than when they, <laughs> when the time or when the uh, daylight savings times happens or doesn't happen, that always throws me off for about a couple. Of yeah, weeks. we had that the other day. One of my um, one of my American friends was supposed to come on to one of my Instagram lives, and mm. I was waiting for him to arrive, and I'm just like. Yeah had all these people watching and he's just like not there 
And I was like, what's going on? Like, he just hasn't turned up. And then he messages me. He's like, I didn't realise you had the saving thing. So that's, yeah, all, all, all threw it out. But I, I hadn't even processed that. But I've, yeah. yeah, I've heard a few times that sort of throws people out. But yeah. Something similar like that happened to me because I had a, or had a, a guy from Hawaii come on. And I didn't right. realise that they didn't go through daylight savings time. Right. And so, like, I'm sitting there for, like, 20 minutes, and I messaged him. I was like, hey, are we still good? And he's like, oh, I totally forgot. You live over there where you actually do daylight savings times. We don't do that over here. So it's an hour earlier over here. And I'm like, oh. Oh. (laughs) Well, let me make sure that I could still do this in 40 minutes. You know, it was just kind of Yeah. But, um... No, I want to thank you so much for doing this. It's been an awesome conversation. Um, what's 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 your hopes? What's your dreams? Where do you really want to take your musical career? I mean, for me, man, like if I'm sort of dreaming big, my but my big dream is to well, my my first dream when I started this up was to be able to do it as a job, mm-hmm. and I've done that. I've done that, and that so that's that's number one. Um, and so the second thing for me is to be a British artist that comes over to the States and does something of note mm-hmm. as a, as a, as a solo male artist. Cause we haven't had a lot of that from UK artists coming over to the States and actually doing something, you know, sort of that sort of catches people's attention. So if I can do that at any point, I'd be really, really grateful. That's kind of like my big dream, whatever that may be. Awesome. Not going to sort of, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers as it were. So, uh, you're going to see, yeah, just whatever, whatever comes. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like I, a lot of the UK musicians that I talk to, one of their big career goals is come over to the States and have commercial or have success to varying degrees. But yeah. I talk to a lot of like punk bands and those types of musicians here in the States and their dream is to go over into the UK and have some sort of varying success. And it's like, you know, it's it's one of those things where maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Maybe it, I don't know. It's it's just interesting the the cross section there. Oh. For sure. I mean, for, for me and other genres of music, it was never really like a thing. I, I wasn't ever sort of too, because I did a lot of like, you know, pop, rock and indie stuff. And, for, you know, going and playing over in the States wasn't a huge thing. But I guess because it's country music mm-hmm. and sort of having been to Nashville and because there is such a home and a hub for it there. And there is a thirst for the music in a way that there isn't over here. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's what kind of sways me to really want to do it. And sort of having played shows there and seeing the reaction that we do get, it just there's something different. There's mm-hmm. something different about it. And I can't always put my finger on what that is, but it does make you feel a certain way when you go yeah. and play shows over there. And I guess that's kind of what, what, what you crave. So, yeah. Have you, had a, have you ever listened to like any of the Texas Red Dirt Country style music? I have listened to some of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've got a friend, a friend called Stevie O'Connor, who's like really into that stuff. And he's played me some of it. Yeah. Which is really cool. I really yes. like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's completely different. Um, you know, and like the fact I just moved out here to Texas about six months ago okay. and, you know, I've started working with a lot of the red dirt country artists out here. It's like a completely different way of thinking. Like it, yeah. it's actually kind of cool. So amazing amazing 
if you ever come out, if you ever get a chance to come out to Texas, go down to Austin and that area and just kind of immerse yourself into the red dirt country for a little bit. It's, it's an interesting, Will do. interesting yeah. Amazing. Amazing. But, um, I want to thank you again so much. Um, where can everybody find you on social media, find your new music, you know? Yeah. So my social media handle across the board is at Danny McMahon UK. So it's the same, same on all socials. Um, and then obviously with the new music coming out, um, head to the iTunes store to pre-order or head to Spotify to pre-save. Okay, awesome. And that's and just, uh, just one final question for you. When you're not playing music, what are you doing for fun? Do you know, my, my only other thing that I'm remotely good at is cooking. Oh. that's the only other thing that I can do. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of that. So I'm having a bit more time to actually do it whilst, uh, during the, during the lockdown over here, I did like some, uh, some Italian pork chops last night. I made a, uh, chicken bacon and tarragon pie the night before that. So yeah, right. doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. But yeah. Oh, thank you again so much. Uh, anybody out there listening, make sure you go support them, social media, listen to the new song. We'll be uh we'll make sure to share it on our page when uh when it releases and it drops and all that stuff. So uh Thank you so much. be on the lookout for that. Uh make sure you go check out Danny McMahon, Facebook, all the socials, you know, check out his new music. Uh go to liveandamplified.net for all of our latest and greatest endeavors. We we've got a lot of things going on right now. Um but Danny, thank you so much for uh jumping on here. Thank you everybody for listening and we will catch you all later.